Good morning, Living Waters. We love you all. We miss you all so much. It's so great to see you popping on the comments. Make sure if you are here that you say hi. Um, let us know that you're watching. Feel free to interact, um, ask questions, say good stuff. Uh, encourage us as we're sharing. It's it's so rad to see you guys on there. And um, we know this is uh, <clears throat> an opportunity for us to all be together. And so to the best of our ability, we want this to feel like it is a place of connection and a place where we get to be together. So welcome to Living Waters. As we begin, we just wanted, want to state right off the top that we are here for Jesus, that everything that we are, everything that we do, everything that we experience this morning is because of Jesus Christ and him alone that we are living in the reality of his eternal resurrection life and, uh, and through relationship with him, that we believe that he is meeting us in this place. And that this morning, as you are watching from wherever you're watching, our full expectation is that you encounter Holy Spirit. Our full expectation is that your mind and your heart is renewed. Our full expectation is that hope and joy are poured out on you in your home and in your car, wherever wherever you find yourself today, that's been our prayer that um, miracles break out. If you're doing, if you're dealing with something physical, uh, we're just believing and praying for physical healings um, as we're gathering together today. So join me in, in praying as we begin. And, and, and if you are looking at dealing with something physical, would you just put your hand on that area of your, of your body um, or extend your prayers towards someone that you know is going through something. If you're if you're dealing with carrying a heavy burden of, of some kind of finances or family or relationship or how you're feeling, how you individually are feeling in this time, let's just take this, this time that we have together to the Lord today. Jesus, we invite you to meet us here, wherever here is, as we are connected as a family, as living waters, dispersed, uh, but not disconnected. We invite you, Jesus, to meet people right now where they are. We we ask that you would make yourself known to us, that our hearts would burn with your presence and with love for you. Our, our minds would be expanded as we challenge one another, as we look into your word. We ask for physical healings right now for folks that are dealing with stuff that you would we release healing in this place. For those that are carrying a burden, we release exchange in this, this time, that what is heavy would be released to you and you would give us what is light to carry. We ask for those that are in places of feeling isolated and alone right now. We speak to their hearts that they are seen, they are known, they are cared for, they are valued, that you are with them. And Jesus, would you awaken our hearts to your nearness in this time? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to jump right in this morning. You guys, we are in our series on the miracles of Jesus in a few minutes, we're going to bring the team in to share with you guys some of the stuff that the Holy Spirit's been teaching us in this passage. We're in John chapter 5. So if you guys want to turn to John chapter 5, I'm just going to read through it and uh, <clears throat> share with you a few things. And then I want, to, I, want to see, I want to share with you where I see such a powerful presentation of the gospel in this passage of Scripture. So, so come with me this morning as we look into the life of Jesus and uh, from John 5, and, and verse 1 through 16 is what we're going to be reading, and I'll read it, read it here if you guys want to read along with me. It says this, that sometime later Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, house of mercy is what that, what that means, and it, which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the invalid, or the, or the paralyzed. And so one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, he replied, the man replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. So uh, what was the belief at that time? was that there would be an angel or a messenger from God who would come and would stir the water, and whoever made it to the water first would be healed. And so this was the, the belief of, of, that, of that time of what was taking place in that area. And so the scripture is super silent. Jesus is super silent, whether that's something that God was doing or, or whether that was just a superstition or a belief of what was taking place. And in some of the conversations later, you see that Jesus alludes to the fact that some of these healings weren't even uh, long-term healings. They were temporary. And so uh, whatever was taking place, there was this belief that, 
that people could get into the water when it was when it was stirred and that they would be the first person in would be healed. And so, of course, those pools collected just massive numbers of people who were sick and lame and couldn't see and couldn't walk. And so and, and you had this whole area where Jesus walks into this place and sees this man who had been in this condition for 38 years. And, the, and he asked him if he wanted to get well. I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And uh, this is the reality is that sometimes when our methods for healing, our methods for life don't work um, or they don't last, we get a little bit despondent. We get a little bit frustrated. And, and for us, it's a little bit. But for this guy, 38 years. And that's, we're talking a lifespan of that time is, is, isn't much longer than that. So for, for most of his life, if not all of his adult life, he's been dealing with this thing. And he's in a place of frustration and, and hopelessness. And, uh, and so then Jesus looked at him and he said to him, get up pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured and he picked up his mat and he walked. So heading, um, this is one of the, one of the passages in scripture where you see Jesus healing without there being a request. Uh, I think it's powerful of him to, to show up in that place. There's no request from this man for healing. It was just Jesus engaging his will, engaging his faith and inviting him into that place to stand up and to walk. And so the day on which this happened, if you go on with verse nine, the day on which this took place was Sabbath. And that's interesting, of course, because we know that Jesus is doing these signs and wonders to point to who he is and who the Father is and that he is confronting the religion of that day. And so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. So the guy's carrying his mat. And if you just, as a point of reference, this is like a mat that when the, when the friends tore the ceiling out of the roof or the roof off of the house and lowered them down, their friend down who was paralyzed at the feet of Jesus, it had some structure to it, able to, like a gurney, able to carry people. And so likely this man was carried and dropped off at the pool of Bethesda every day. And then someone would come and carry him back to wherever, wherever he stayed. And so this mat has a little bit of substance to it, but not much. So he picks it up. He's walking along. The Jewish leaders come and say, who did this? It's the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. And so they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? And the man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. And so this is such a cool picture of Jesus. He's, so, he's willing to break religious rules. He's willing to break religious constructs and expectations to reach people's hearts and to heal lives. And that's what he's doing. And so he's looking for hearts that are aligned with him. He's not looking for for us who, who behavior that aligns with him or, or the, or living up to someone's religious expectations. He's just looking for hearts. And that's what he saw in that man that day. Verse 14 later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again, stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. And so Jesus had uh, this moment of, of connection with this man. And I want to reference this really quick. He healed him from basically from the cumulative effects of the sin in his life and the choices that he'd been making. So if you read this scripture within the context and the historical context, there is this, this reality that begins to unfold where something that this man had done or chosen to do with his life had placed him into this, into this place, not to, not to put blame on him or even to make excuses, it's just in the interchange that Jesus had of him saying, do you want to be will, well? And coming back around with him and having this conversation with him about stewarding his freedom. So Jesus had healed him and made him free, but Jesus came back around and said, I wanna challenge you to steward this freedom and this wholeness and this healing that I've, that I've given to you, this miracle that I, have, uh, that I have affected on your life. And so Jesus was implying that healing from his past or healing from his sickness or healing from being an invalid didn't mean that he was now, he could be irresponsible with his future and his future decisions. There was still consequence that was going on. But ultimately, I think why Jesus found him is that Jesus was healing him from human effort. So the human effort to get into the pool to get healed was, and the, and the, and the, the hope in the water being stirred and, and, and all of that superstition or that belief in what God was doing, he, they were in that human effort to get into the pool was being replaced by his human effort to go to the temple and being caught and embroiled back, embroiled in religion. So Jesus was healing him from that human effort. It's not going to be in the pool. It's not going to be in the temple. It's in me that you have found your freedom. And so He's releasing him from that, and he's injecting him with that future hope that's saying, you have been, been made whole. You can now live in that wholeness. In verse 15, the man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. And so because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. 
In his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, which was making himself equal with God. So Jesus picked a fight with the religious leaders. He found this man who had been, for whatever reason, however he found himself in that condition for 38 years, had been in that place. And he set him free from, from camping around a hopeless place. He was never going to make it into the water. He was never going to be made well. He was camping in hopelessness. And Jesus set him free from that. And then Jesus pursued him when he started to turn towards, I'm going to go to the temple. I'm going to go this route. Jesus came and found him there. And so don't get caught up in that either. You've been set free. And so I want to, I just want to focus really quickly before we invite the team in to talk with us about this. Uh, there's such a powerful gospel message in this, and I want people to see it. Um, that question, do you want to be made whole? Those moments that I think we all have where Jesus has come to us and said, do you want to be made whole? And will we engage our will to say yes to Jesus in, in the places where we've camped our life around false hope? And the big point is this, Jesus is the only one that sets us free from our stuck condition. If we don't realize that, we'll spend our whole lives looking for other things um, to feel whole and, our, and, 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 and to feel like our life has meaning. How do we know if we're camped around hopeless situations? How do I know if I'm camped around false hope? If I'm camped around false hope, if I'm trying to think, trying things everyone else is doing to find meaning and becoming frustrated that it isn't working for me, or, or I'm camped around false hope when I have quick excuses for why life isn't working and eventually fall prey to blame, or I keep trying the same thing over and over and over, even when the results aren't changing. Those are things that show me that I'm fault, camped around false hope. But a Jesus encounter, when he walks into our lives and he stands before us today and he stands before us in those places and, 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 and we're staring longingly into that pool, that false hope that if I could just, then this, we're staring into that and he draws our attention to himself away from that false hope and, and the thing that we think is going to fix us. And he speaks healing over our hearts. He says to us, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the father, but through me and by my stripes, you have been healed. That's what Jesus speaks to us, which means that he endured the cross and that created a true house of mercy. It, it created a well of healing water that when we dip into it, anyone who drinks of it won't thirst again. Anyone who dips into the life of Jesus will be made whole, mind and body and soul. And that's the invitation to you today. That's the invitation to me today. Do I want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole and made new? Jesus is the only one who sets us free from our stuck condition. The name of the pool is said to be derived from the Hebrew word or the Aramaic language that says uh, Bethesda, which means house of mercy or house of grace. But when you study it in both Hebrew and in Aramaic, the word also, the word Hezda also means shame and disgrace. So it was a house of shame and disgrace. And maybe that's the whole point of the story. Uh, maybe that's the reason why Jesus goes to that particular spot, why Jesus heals there, why of all the places in Israel where people are suffering, Jesus encounters this sick man there to remind us that he can turn our places of deepest shame into places of his greatest mercy. And maybe today you're hiding in shadows, or maybe your heart is hurting more than you can even express, more than you can stand. Maybe you're aching to be free from the, the dark secret that's holding you in place or holding you captive. Maybe you're ashamed to let light shine on this, this unsightly wound or, or sickness or, or paralyzation that's happened in your life. And you're, that, you're living in that house of shame. And maybe you're living in that your own Bethesda, a house of shame. The story of Jesus healing a man who's waited 38 years by the edge of Bethesda to be well reminds us that the place of deepest shame is also the place of God's greatest mercy. So whenever you're ready, my challenge, my encouragement is let Jesus meet you and turn your house of shame and disgrace into a house of mercy and grace. And he says to you, take up your bed and walk. And he'll meet you in that place of greatest shame and he will bring the greatest mercy into that moment Take up your bed and walk means that when you have the courage to surrender to Jesus, you'll be able to stand on legs that previously were unable to hold you and carry you before, where it was weariness and brokenness and weakness. Jesus comes and brings wholeness, and he brings joy, and he brings hope, and he brings, makes all things new. Bethesda for us can either be a place, a house of shame, 
or it can be a house of great mercy. And when Jesus meets us in our place where we are stuck and we are caught and we are in the shadows and he brings his miraculous healing power to bear on us and love to bear on us, it becomes a house of mercy. Bethesda uh, is what we're invited into. And that is the good news of Jesus that we're inviting people into in everything that we do. So that's uh, John 5. And that's the miracle the healing of the pool of Bethesda. And I wanted to share that with you and just take you guys through that really quick. Um, now I want to bring the team in. And uh, we just want to share with you some of the cool stuff that Holy Spirit's been teaching us and challenging us in as we've been reading this passage today and uh, or over this week and studying it. <clears throat> and so, good morning, everybody. Hi, team. Morning. Um, good morning. Hi. Hi. So good to see you guys. I want to mention too, as we begin, or as we as we transition to having the team here, I think you guys have seen it on our Facebook page. You've, you've seen it on the Zoom call. But if you want one-on-one -on -one prayer this morning, if there's something that's going on in your life, as we said at the beginning, physical healing, uh, something emotional, something going on in your heart, in your mind, uh, something you're carrying, uh, and you would like prayer, we would love to set up an opportunity for you to pray one-on-one -on -one with one of our teams. So mention that in the comments. And, uh, and there's a link there and somebody would love to be praying with you uh, this morning. So, hey, you made it. How was the commute? I'm here for church. Kate! <laughs> Had to dodge all those kids. Yeah. Get out of my way. Them. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. <clears throat> so, uh, so, guys, what's God been showing you this week as you've studied that? Um, looking through the notes. Not I think that. the thing that God has been showing me this week is that they missed Jesus at work. <laughs> they missed what Jesus was doing. Uh, the Jewish leaders, they, um, they were so focused on what was right, uh, the law, that um, they missed the actual miracle. And I was thinking, like, th these Jewish leaders, they had to have known that this guy was an invalid for 38 years. They had to have known what was going on with this guy. They had to have seen him, right? He, he had been this way for 38 years. And he's standing in front of them with his mat in his hand. And what they were so focused on was, you have your mat in your hand and it's the Sabbath. Yeah. <laughs> Not, oh my goodness, yes. you are healed. <laughs> like. How is this not mind blowing to them? But they were so focused on what they interpreted as the law of you can't even pick up your mat. That was their own interpretation. But they were so focused on that that they, they didn't see the mind blowing miracle of this guy and that he was set free and, and, and celebrating with him. But they were like so focused on what was right and what is wrong. And I think that we can get that way a lot of times. I think that we can um, think about like what um, is right and wrong. I don't know about you guys. I'm a rule follower. <laughs> I, I've been this way my whole life. It, it can be a really good thing, <laughs> but it also can be a really bad thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and for me, it's like, I think that it can be a safe place for me um, of I'm following the rules and this is what is safe. And I think that for the Jewish leaders, the, the law was safe. Um, but it, what it did was it didn't give any room for Jesus to move at all. Yeah. Um, it didn't give any room for them to see a miracle and actually um, celebrate what was going on in this guy's life. This guy is like walking with his mat <laughs> and it's like, hello, this is incredible. And I think for me, like even in this time of, of being in, in isolation and all that stuff, I can, I can be like, what are the rules? What do we need to be doing? What, you know, and I can get so focused and I think that we can get so focused on what's right, what's wrong. How do people need, you know, how do our leaders need to be handling this? How do they need to take care of this? That we can be missing all the amazing things that are actually taking place right now. And there are so many things that are happening, you guys. I, I was thinking about, I've, I've been walking around my neighborhood here in Central Point, and it's like, do you know how many people are out with their families right now? Like there are moms and dads and kids, and they are constantly with their, their families, their celebrating. I don't see this often. Like this is, a, I think, a new thing that we're seeing more and more of. And it's incredible. And we should be celebrating that. You know, crime rates are down. 
generosity is up. Um, I saw a post on Facebook yesterday and, um, you know, all these businesses put money together to have food given to the elderly and then police officers and city officials here in Medford were taking these, these meals to the elderly. And I'm like, how, how are we not celebrating this? This is incredible. But I think that we can get so caught up in, you know, what is, um, what we need to be doing that we are missing the actual miracles that are taking place. And so I just think what would have happened if the Jewish leaders were not so focused on the law being broken, um, but more they were, they were celebrating what a miracle had just taken place. Like what, what had just happened. And they were so excited about that. And I just think, man, the course of history could have changed in that moment. If those Jewish leaders would have been paying attention to the miracle instead of the law. And so for us right now, I think what we get to take from this is how are we seeing the course of history change because we're paying attention to what Jesus is doing and where eyes, our eyes are focused on him instead of what we think is right, what we think needs to happen, what we think, you know, is not going right. And, and, and you know what I mean? Does, does that make sense to you guys? Like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, let's focus on what Jesus is doing and not miss it and see history changed because of it. Come on. That's so good. Sorry, I got really excited there. Yeah, preach it. Come on, preach it. <laughs> such, a, such a unique dynamic of even control. Like, we, everything is this way. We want it this way. We're comfortable, like you're saying. We just keep things under control. Jesus. Well, and it's safe, right? That's wow. safe. Crazy, yeah. And yeah. it just doesn't, I don't think yeah. it gives room then for Jesus to move if it's safe. So sorry, yeah. Christina, go for it. Yeah. No, you're good. I think it's so good what you were saying about missing like the miracle of what Jesus is doing, like, and applying that to us today of like, are we missing the things that God's doing? And I think, well, as I was reading the scripture and just studying it this week, I also realized that they didn't just miss what Jesus was doing, but they missed Jesus entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love, I think it's Jesus is like hilarious when he goes to the place of healing to perform a healing. Um, I think he's just like showing people, look what I can do. Like you think this water is special, but I'm so much more powerful. And time and time again, throughout these miracles, we see that he is in fact more powerful than what like the religious system has put in place or what just people in that time have put in place. Um, and then the miracles also taking place. It says like the first sentence it takes place during the feast of the Jews and on the Sabbath, which is kind of like offensive on multiple different levels for the religious leaders of that day. Um, and so I think more than just the miracle itself, Jesus is trying to like teach a lesson to the yep. people here and point out to the leaders that they were um, like so blinded by the religious um, like regulations and rules that were super well intended. Like we say religious leaders and we kind of like, don't like them. We're like, Oh, those religious leaders. But these are people who'd like given their life to know God and given their life to like follow God. And so they were really well intended people. Um, But because of like the rules and regulations that they put in place to be safe, like what you said, Kim, um, they missed the very person that they claimed to worship and they were so caught up in doing all the right things that um, they completely missed God himself. And so yeah. um, I think not only did they miss the like ability to celebrate the crazy miracle of the guy being healed and like being excited for him, be excited, being excited for the new life. They missed um, the very person that they'd given their lives to. And so I just see throughout these miracles and within this miracle, especially that Jesus is trying to reveal, he's trying to show people who he is. Um, but he's like constantly confronted by people's wrong idea of who the Messiah would be and their heart and hearts. And so they had the wrong idea of who, um, God or Jesus when he came to earth was going to be, and they missed him. Um, and that just shows me that I could have like all the right intentions and do all the right things for God and still miss him entirely. Mm-hmm. And so in this season, I've just been challenged, like regardless of how I feel about it, um, that there's an invitation to get to know Jesus in a new way. Yeah. Um, and I just know for all of us, like for you, he loves you radically and deeply and fully. And he wants you like 
to experience that love. I've experienced his love in new ways in this season, but it's um, like choosing to go beyond myself and invite Jesus into it and um, let him like know me and let, allow me to like get to know him and have time to carve out time to get to know Jesus in new ways. And so um, my challenge for all of you guys is just that in this season where maybe we um, are frustrated by the rules and regulations put in place or like the upheaval of our lives and um, our quote unquote new normal or just trying to navigate COVID-19 that um, like don't miss Jesus in the midst of it. Don't yeah. miss the invitation to like invite him in to share with them how you're feeling. Um, I said this last week, we say it all the time, but his presence is our promise. And so I just don't want any of us to miss out on the gift of Jesus himself in the season because we're so distracted by the chaos of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It's good. It's really, really good. So good. It's pretty fascinating not to go, not to geek out, but it's super fascinating to like think that the Pharisees built all of these rules so that the Messiah would come because they thought if we can be, if we can be holy enough, God will send his Messiah that's prophesied. So let's make all these rules. It's, it's just mind blowing that it was, it was in, they were doing it for Jesus to show up. And then when Jesus showed up, they were frustrated because he was breaking all the rules. Like he will break rules to get to hearts. He will break rules to heal people. He will break hearts to set people or break rules to set people free. Yeah. It's just mind mind numbing that they had all these rules to try to get him to show up and then he shows up and they're like, you're breaking the rules. Yeah. (laughs) Stop it. Yeah. When I read this passage and and focus on it, I mean, my heart automatically goes to evaluating and looking at the invalid and his response and his situation. And so the thing that, that has struck me while reading this and ending this has been, um, the 38 years that this guy waited, the 38 years that he put himself at the place of healing to get healing without healing. Mm-hmm. And what it, what it reminds me is that God's plan in his timeline for our healing is not our own. It's not on our time schedule. It's on his. And, you know, when we, when we think about that, the invalid was exactly where he needed to be to encounter Jesus. Yeah. It just took 38 years. Mm-hmm. And the encouragement that I draw from that is that, you know, often when we're putting ourselves in the position to, to experience healing and experiencing an encounter with the Lord, we often don't have the experience that we want to have immediately or even uh, on our own expectation. But it doesn't mean that God isn't on his way. It doesn't mean that we're not in the right spot. It doesn't mean that we aren't going to experience his touch or an encounter with him. It just means that his timeline and his timing is different than ours. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it can be really, I mean, it can be really uh, hard to stay in that position and stay in that posture when people can look at the time frame that you're waiting and often become really judgy or despondent. Even ourselves, we can become really despondent and really, really hopeless about the situation. Um, but I think the thing that, that I really secondarily draw a lot of encouragement from is that even though the invalid did get despondent, he did get frustrated, he did kind of lose his, his hope in the midst of staying where he was. Um, further down in the passage, Jesus says, I only do what I see my father doing. Yeah. And the father's heart is to seek out those who have lost hope, who mm-hmm. become despondent, who maybe don't deserve the healing anymore with their attitude. Um, Because, you know, for me, I can't tell you how many times the Lord has met me in a bad attitude. (laughs) You know, and thank God that our attitude is not what qualifies us for the touch of the Lord. Amen. Amen, right? Yeah. Good Lord. It's encouraging to everyone out there that, that our attitude is not the thing that qualifies or disqualifies us from Jesus to encounter us. And um, thinking through this, I I think the challenge that I am brought back to is, you know, where did the Lord tell me to go? What did the Lord tell me to do? And even if it's been a long time, and if I haven't heard anything else, just keep doing the last thing he told me to do. Mm -hmm. And that's what I read into it with 
the invalid for 38 years was doing what he was supposed to do. And regardless of attitude, regardless of timing, Jesus still came and encountered him and healed him. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just, this is one of my favorite passages of scripture. And one of my favorite lines in scripture is when Jesus says, you know, do you want to be well? Mm-hmm. It's just, for me, that's loaded with so much compassion and so much challenge and so much excitement on the part of Jesus knowing what he's about to do Um, because his, his time for us and his timeline for healing isn't ours, Mm -hmm. but he's still doing it. So I'm encouraged by that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Like you saying that do what he said, you know, like what was he said before? Because I think it's interesting how, you know, when Jesus asked, do you want to get well, he doesn't answer Jesus directly. (laughs) He, he instead he says, "I have no one to put into the pool as as if the healing is outside of him, yeah you know that he's relying on 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 a system outside of him to bring about a healing, and you know I can imagine being being disabled for three for thirty eight years, so like putting myself on his shoes, it's like man if i was I was that person, like I will feel helpless, I will feel like the healing is outside of me, and that I can't be transformed." And, uh, and so it's, it's interesting to me that when Jesus comes into this scene, he doesn't actually, you know, he doesn't succumb to his passivity, rather he flips the script on his behalf. Yeah. You know, Jesus wasn't just there to rescue him. He was there to transform him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's, it's like, I was like, oh my gosh, like there's a system like, oh, if I could just get into the pool and I'll I'll be healed. But then Jesus actually requires participation from him to bring about a healing. And so it's like when you said like, do what he said before, it's like, oh, that's why he asked him, do you want to get well? Because then if it's a yes, then he's going to listen to me. So it's like healing is found in his voice. Healing is found on what what he said before. Healing is found on, on something that like, what is he, is he touching my heart to actually do? What is he pulling me to do? What is he inviting me to, to do? And so it's like being, being here with my, with my dad and, you know, he just had a paralyzed. It's like seeing him like not being able to walk, not being able to move his hands. Like I can, I can almost like sense like what it, what, what that feeling is and being there for 38 years. It's like, Oh, you actually, I'm going to give you the power. I'm going to empower you to actually bring about a healing. If you would just listen to my voice, if you listen to, to what I have to say, there's this approach to Jesus that is so, that is so life-giving yet it's empowering. And yet it actually brings transformation. So it's not just this passive thing. It's like, Oh, like I, I get to participate in this. Yeah. So that to me is like, I was like, I studying it. This is the whole center of the story is the response of the of the sick man where he's like this the man who made me well told me pick up your mat and walk and so it's like he told me this he told me this and so that's what i'm gonna do and it was it was like convicting to me as i was like oh what 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 has the lord told me in the past what has he he said to me what prophetic words has he spoken to me that i can actually hold on to and that's kind of like what paul said to timothy at one time it's like bring up bring about those prophetic words and and stir it up inside of you and and see what he's speaking to you and see how he's just transforming how he's using this to to bring about this this change and so Mm -hmm. and kind of like what ryan said earlier too about what um you know when he saw the sick man again like you know what what did he say when he saw the sick man again he said, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Stop sinning or something may worse may happen. And so it's like, there's this conviction to me. I was like, oh, I need to continually hear his voice, be in his presence yeah. and, and meditate on that. So yeah. that's really good, true. Mm-hmm. So I love that one line, Christian, of um, Jesus didn't come to rescue him. He came to transform him. Yeah. Oh my yes. gosh, I could just like sit on that for the next month. But I even going back to what you were just saying of he showed face to this guy again, like this guy gets healed. He goes, the religious leaders find out and he's like, I don't know who did it. He got lost in the crowd. Right. And Jesus like 
comes back and he's just showing again that he's not there to rescue he's there to transform like he's there to walk with this guy and say not only did i heal you but i'm like giving you a way to live in your future that you would have abundant life and so like even in that process of him coming to the guy again he's sharing he's like showing him i care about you like i'm in the business of transforming you not just for a moment but for your life um and i just love that yeah. yeah, I think that's yes. such an incredible principle and reality. Because I mean, when you said when you said that Christian, he didn't come to rescue us; he came to transform us, or be the the. Like, how many of us can like testify to that exact thing in our lives, where he didn't yeah. beam us out of the situation, out of the wilderness? He led us through it and transformed yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so good. Come and fix. Come and fix me. Fix me. Come yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not here to fix you. Yeah. 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 Take away this struggle, Lord. I don't want it. Nope. Yeah. Grow through it and be transformed in it. Yeah. Well, and that's where we get so focused on how we think it should be, right? And so we're just like focused on this is the answer. So yeah. if you do this, and he's like, can you just pay attention to all the other things that I'm doing? Because mm-hmm. yeah. there are so many things in the midst of this that I'm doing. And we're like, yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, I don't want to miss those things in the midst of it. Yeah, it's so funny important. seeing like he's staring at the pool, telling Jesus how healing works, right? Ah. <laughs> 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 or even just like in my my life, I've it's come to my attention like there's so many so many situations that I've been in where I'm always looking for um, a circumstance to change or for God to come in and and. And to just give me a way out. And oftentimes, like, when he ends up, when he does, and when he shows up, it's like, oh, well, that's done. Now I need to continue on and walk and walk in this and what he's done. And not just like, oh, I need you to do this for me. Because it's always like, oh, if only this wasn't there, then I would be so much more happy or joyful or better off but then that thing does come and then it's like it has to be through the renewing of my mind and the transforming like christian was saying not just rescuing from a circumstance yeah come on that's so so good good. i love that that's like as we're talking about this i'm just getting so inspired by who jesus is that he's not the person that comes to just like fix the solution but it's like always beauty for ashes it's always like he one ups like he's transforming he's not just like replacing what we lost but he's like empowering us with the way to walk out the miracle he gave us and mm-hmm. i love that like he's in that moment with the guy he's not just giving him a healing but he's empowering him to no longer be a victim yes he's like changing his heart and his identity as I've been a victim my whole life for 38 years. I've been a victim to this. And I love that Jesus like this convicts me. Cause like in places of my life where I feel like a victim, right? Like places of my life where I'm like, this happened to me. I had, but, and yet the Lord and all of us can relate to that. Right. But there's places where he's like, yes, I see you and I have compassion on you. Like this guy's been waiting 38 years. And I feel like God, Jesus is nature just comes out so beautifully that he's like, I'm not going to make you wait to get in the water to be the first one in so that you get this healing. But instead I'm going to have compassion on the situation. Even when you're deflecting and saying it's, it's on someone else that I get healed. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus still heals him, but then he's like, and this is your part to walk out. Yeah. And I just feel so like deeply moved by that. Like even this week I was, I got to be part of a incredible, incredible thing. I was part of a songwriting Um, group with Maverick City Music and they have us basically do Zoom songwriting and I'm in this, um, we we learn from different leaders around the world and I was in this class and um, my coach, it was like a group of six of us doing a home group and this week she, her final question for us as we closed this camp yesterday was like, what are you taking from this? Like what changed you in this camp, online camp? And then what are you taking from this? And I feel like that's exactly mm-hmm. like what she asked me is exactly what Jesus did with this man. Yeah. He was like, what are you, what is your takeaway? And how are you going to put flesh on this transformation yeah. that's happened in you? Yeah. And I was just so convicted. And I think for my own life, um, tying back to even Christina, what you said about like, let's not miss this moment we're in. I just feel reignited to like, 
not miss the moment where right now there's some really hard things happening. You know, for all of us, there's different situations. Um, We might be in like personal struggles. I know for me, like there's been some, some stuff going on in my, in my home, my family, and it's like pressing me into this place. And Jesus on Friday morning, just like asked me, even like studying this scripture, like Nisha, who do I, it's that Graham Cook question. Who do I, who do you think I want to be for you in the season that I can't be any other time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and like taking that question, like who, who do you want to be for me, God, right now, when in a place where I might never get this opportunity, I might never face this mountain or this giant again. And yeah. I don't want to miss this moment. And we're in this moment of history, I think. Um, and I'll just wrap up really quick with this because I know other people probably have a lot of thoughts. But what was just so powerful for me this weekend, thinking about what is my part in healing and transformation? Um, and these words that Stephanie Gretzinger like shared with our camp this weekend um, just been resonating with me. And I want to share it with you guys because it's like, I can't get it out of my mind. But she was said, this is a season where it's like the story of the virgins or with the oil, like those that stored up oil for when the king came. Um, is that right? Ryan was the virgins. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. It was like, they're waiting for, you know, the bridegroom come and they're like, yeah, yeah. like lighting their lamps, you know? And like when they heard the, he was coming and some of them were like, Oh crap, we don't have oil. We better go get some. And for a lot of us in this quarantine, we've found out like, and there's no shame in this, but we found out like, Oh, I don't have oil. I got to go get some oil to last the night. And I feel like, the Lord's like, there's no shame in the fact that like, you don't have it. And so for some of us, we're finding out like, oh, we have oil, but this is still an opportunity to like get more. Mm. And that like, that is part of the like, and what are you going to do about it? And go and sin no more. And I feel like this is beautiful moment to pause and be like, Lord, how are we going to steward this healing, this transformation, even this opportunity you're giving us in society right now. And so I just want to release that as like, that was a word that was kind of just given to me, but I want to release it over us too, as a church that we would take this opportunity, like, Lord, just let us take this opportunity to go buy more oil that we would not miss the beautiful opportunity. This is to get close to you, to get near the oily one, the one who like fills us back up and that we would be looking at our hearts and be able to with beautiful, with no shame, because you're not bringing shame into this picture but with like freedom to be with grace, which is the empowerment to do something different to be empowered, to like live differently. And I want that Lord for me and Mm -hmm. for all of us, God, that you would just like invite us into a newness. Come on, Mm -hmm. come on. That we'd be filled up, that we'd be poured out. Yeah. That we have light to shine in this time Mm -hmm. Uh, that our, that we wouldn't be staring at, at a, at the pool of Bethesda of man-made solutions yeah. going, well, this is, this season's going to be over when this happens. It's going to be when this happens, when this happens, here's how it's going to happen. And we just get locked in on that instead of living uh, as Jesus wants us to live through this time where we'd be filled up to overflowing. So. Yeah. I just feel like too that there's like an eye, like eyes need to be opened, like that we would just even place our hands on our eyes and just be like, God, just open our eyes to see really what you're doing. Not to not, because we keep saying, I don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss it. But it's like, it takes us seeing it. Like, well, God, Jesus, what are you doing? And yeah. so just like praying, like, Jesus, open our eyes to see every single thing that you're doing so that we do not miss it. We don't want our eyes to be covered and to miss it. So we just, so if you guys just want to do that, you want to just put your hands over your eyes and I'm just going to be praying, Jesus, I ask right now that you would open our eyes, that we would not miss one single thing that you're doing, that you would let us see um, from your perspective, Lord, that we would have eyes to see what you are doing and we would partner with you in all of it. We are so excited for what you're doing, but sometimes we miss it because our eyes are focused here and there. And so we say, um, as of today, Jesus, we want our eyes to be focused on you and on what you see. So open our eyes in the name of Jesus. Yes. Nails falling off. Yes. Nails falling off. And that's what we want. Is, uh, Is that what you prayed, Kim, is exactly what we want, is that opportunity to say, well, Jesus, when we see what you're doing, let it be an invitation for us to partner with you. And I think it's beautiful this morning that everyone has shared and we've seen the 
this is from the perspective of the Pharisees. And the story from the perspective of the Pharisees is they missed it because of religiosity and because of rules and because of control. And, and, the, and the, the man who was invalid and sick, that he was in that place of being met by Jesus and being able to process this passage through those. But as we wrap up today, and, and we want to invite you in a few minutes, we're going to have worship. Um, it'll be on our Facebook page at 10 a.m. And we want you to, be, to come and partner with us in a time of worship. But as we close today, I want to invite you to look at this passage from the perspective of Jesus. And I want to remind you that the reason that we're doing the study of the miracles of Jesus is not just so we can know about this, the details of the miracles, but that we would be stirred up to be people who carry the presence of Jesus into the pools of Bethesda of our culture. What are these pools of Bethesda of our culture right now where people are looking to certain solutions and certain things, or maybe they put their hope in there, if I could be the perfect wife, if I could be the perfect husband, if I could be this, if I could make enough money, if I could arrive at this certain place, if I could do this or be attractive enough, have enough attention to do whatever it is that we have these pools that we create, that our culture creates, that people look to you. But anytime that our hope is not anchored in heaven, it becomes a drain out of our life. And so we're looking around at people who are captured and they're camped, they've camped their life around these, these pools that don't offer any eternal hope. And Jesus walked into that place and he brought a healing and a transformation. And so as we look at this story from the perspective of Jesus, I want us to be reminded that we're studying these passages so that we can be uh, inspired to, to know that we have the authority, we have the position, we have the compassion, we have the love, and we have the responsibility to steward our freedom in such a way that we are, we are Jesus to people. This is a marked part of history. This is a time when people are so open to hearing and knowing and encountering and experiencing Jesus and being invited into a transformational resurrection, eternal life relationship with Jesus. This is where we are right now. Living Waters, listen to me. There are people all around you who are ready to have an, a Jesus encounter where you, carrying his presence, you walk into these pools of Bethesda in their life where they've camped around hopelessness and they've camped around things that are not giving them the joy and the truth and the meaning and they're not revealing to them the purpose of who they are and why they were created. And you get to show up and say, say do you want to be set free? Do you want to be made new? Do you want to be made well? This is the authority that you carry, that the miracles that we study are not to be studied as historical fact, but they're to be studied as a transformative reality of saying, this is what we should be experiencing and carrying and releasing into our culture and into our friends and into our families right now. So the last point of reference that I want us to carry for this scripture is what was it like from Jesus's perspective? He saw people camped around hopelessness. He walked into it. He found the most despondent and broken and hurting person in that place. And he went directly to them. And he said, your, your little pool is cool. It, feel, it heals, one, heals one person every once in a while. But now I'm here. And I am here to heal everyone. I am here to reach everyone. I am here to pursue everyone. And so what he does on a, on a, uh, on a completely different scale, he wants to release through you. And he wants to release through you today, right now in every place that you find yourself. And so uh, let's pray for you, all of us as our team. We just want to pray over you guys um, this morning. And we thank you, God, for this, for this miracle, that this house, this pool, this place that is a, it's a place where people who were broken and hurting stayed and lived. And, uh, and you would walk by it and it would be the most pitiful sight of all of these people who were hurting and they were just hoping that one of them could make it into that pool and that it would be a, a place of shame, a house of shame. But you walked into that house of shame and in a moment in an encounter, you turned it into a house, truly into a house of mercy. You are the wellspring of our life. You are the living water. You are the one that we come to and we drink of your life and we are restored. You are the one that we dip our life into and we are healed. And so I thank you, God, that you, are, you have and you are going into our places where we've camped around hopelessness and we are living mm -hmm. with shame. Mm -hmm. And you're walking right up to those places and you're mm -hmm. setting us free and making us whole. And you're equipping us and empowering us to do the same thing for others. And so we say yes to you. We say yes to you living through us powerfully. God, would you remove anything in us that inhibits the fullness of your life from coming forth out of us whether it's things we're believing right now, whether it's things that we're speaking right now, whether it's ways that we're doing our day and, and the way we're living right now, would you just burn that stuff out of us with your love so that we are left transformed and looking more and more like you? Anything that doesn't look like you, Jesus, would you pour the 
fiery, transformative presence of your love over us and remove it mm -hmm. until we come out refined and looking more like you, mm -hmm. and carrying your presence and carrying your fire and carrying your love to every person that we encounter. We thank you that this is a time where thousands and millions of people are going to be transformed to come to know you, Jesus. And we just say yes to being a part of that, what's happening mm -hmm. on this earth today. Let us not be caught up in the small details when we step back and see the miraculous work that you're doing in this time. We say yes to joining you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. All right, Living Waters, uh, thank you for hanging out with us this morning. As always, we cannot, cannot wait till we get to all be together. But until then, we are believing that God is doing incredible things. And we are believing that God is transforming your home from a place where you just exist to a place where his presence dwells powerfully and you're aware of it like never before coffee tables into altars um and so that you are just meeting around those places and seeing him and so one of the things we want to invite you into right now to experience that and experience his presence is just to pop over to the facebook live page and uh, and join us for worship and inviting him to make himself known to you and to your family as you listen to this and to our amazing worship leaders as they lead us in worship um, and just remember tomorrow is muted monday so you won't be hearing from us it's an encouragement and a challenge to create a rhythm in your life where we where you in, disengage from all the social media noise to make sure that we're plugging into the rhythms of Jesus and the Holy Spirit as they lead us as He leads us through our week. And as always, if you give on Sundays or you need more information about what's going on or you want to find out what's coming up this week, you can go to lwrv.org. And last thing I want to always say is that if you are in a place where you are feeling like the walls are closing in or that your heart is down. Uh, and you need someone to talk to, you are not alone. You can go to our website, lwrv.org. You can click on Soul Care, and you can set up an appointment as soon as possible to just have someone that would meet with you and love on you and pray with you and just bring the reality and the hope of Jesus to bear on whatever it is that you are facing. And so we don't want to minimize what people are facing and confronting. And, uh, and so we are here on the front lines. And when you guys uh, are partnering with us, Living Waters, we're here to break fear and to break isolation. And so we just commission you to be fear breakers and isolation breakers in everything that you do. You are commissioned, anointed, and released um, to carry the kingdom and release it powerfully everywhere you go. So love you guys. Join us on Facebook Live right now for worship. 